Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Welcome to another bonus episode, which we are releasing in between while we're making season four. So make sure you go over to our Stop the Killing Stories on Instagram, and we will let you know as soon as season four is ready to drop. So we got a message from somebody. It was an Instagram message. This is a, a couple of months ago, so I can't remember exactly what hospital it was, but it was a hospital down in one of the southern states of America. And the person that had emailed, I think that actually left a really lovely review on Apple. And I always look at the reviews and post them up on our social media page. Uh, yeah, I love reviews because when you're sitting here doing this, it's really nice to see a nice review. It's like the yeah. least, I'm like, the least you can do is say a nice word if you like it. On that, we always get very nice five-star reviews. And the odd one that we've had that's been one star is always one of those crazy conspiracy reviews like <laughs> you know sandy hook is fake and i'm Didn't like happen, okay right yeah very annoying to me because they <laughs> dragged down our five star rating but what i was going to say was one of the reviews that we got uh was from i think she said she was like the director of one of the oh maybe it was the a and e department at one of the major hospitals in this town and she makes all of her staff listen to stop the killing like she's recommended to all of them no and I so love that it was it was really special and then so she posted this lovely review which I then grabbed and posted onto us Instagram which is if you're not following us at stop the killing stories and somebody then commented oh that's my boss and yes we all love the podcast and I was like <laughs> yes incredible isn't oh, it I love that I yeah. love that so you don't know where it gets to this information, but you know, hopefully it does make a difference. That would be <laughs> would be quite nice to hope that it has. You know, I do occasionally run into people and somebody will say to me, Oh, you know, I, I listened to your podcast. I love it. And I just Aww. think, oh, that's so good. Cause I forget we spend all this time doing this. And I, sometimes I forget there are people listening. Oh, I know. I know. I forget. I just that think too. it's chatting. We're just chatting. We're just having a little chat. Well, I reckon we could bung out another listener question, you know. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> well, here's a real random one that's come through. 
Okay. Um, and this one comes from somebody called May May, and I think they'd put this on like a YouTube because you can now find our shorts on on YouTube too if you search Stop the Killing. So clearly the person that has written this knows nothing about me because she starts with, please ask Sarah if she has data on how many of the active shooters use their own legally registered guns to do what they did. Yeah, uh, Sarah, can you pull that out of your... Yeah, I'm not the expert oh. here, May May. Also, ask her again, uh, for the list and cost of the guns used in the most recent incidents and tell us how and where a teenager is able to source and pay for them. Curious. Well, May May, I'm curious too. So what I'm going to do is refer that question to the actual expert, Catherine. (laughs) And I know you won't be able to give out the data and the stats and stuff because that's, you know, on the spot. But let's just maybe just address that whole kind of how Definitely. many shooters use a legally registered gun of their own. So, I, a, a lot, too many. So, first of all, you know, what weapons are used? There are a lot of weapons in the United States. And it depends, right, on what kind of shooting. Because the whole landscape violence in the United States, these most horrific active shooters or mass shootings are just less than 1% of the homicides or of the gun deaths in the United States. In a violence landscape in the United States, say in a given year, we have 47,000 firearms deaths in the United States. We did, I think, a couple of years ago. More than half of those were suicides. Is there any stats on those deaths being done by legally acquired weapons? Oh, yeah, no, they're pretty much all legally acquired. They're pretty right. much I mean, all legally acquired. Right. Isn't that mm-hmm. crazy? Because I think that that's the argument, right, that a lot of people come up with when we're talking about restricting guns is that if you made people have hoops to jump through with licensing or different right. hurdles in the way to get guns, they'd just find another way to access the weapons. Yeah, research doesn't show that. And I want right. to tell you that in the United States, women are three times more likely to try to commit suicide than men, but men are much more likely, like 90% more likely to complete the act of suicide, but that is because they're using firearms. When a firearm is used, 90% of the time it's effective. When some other means is used, 4% of the time. Mm, right. And women don't tend to use firearms as their method. Is Not as much. Right. Not as much. But when I talk about the violence landscape, most firearms deaths in the United States are suicides and those are legally acquired guns. When I say legally acquired too, though, I also mean that in some cases, somebody has purchased that gun legally in the family and somebody else is picking it up to commit suicide. When we look at these types of incidents, there are these mass shootings that I spend a lot of time on. I think I also try to step back and look at the full violence landscape to appreciate that some solutions help the violence landscape as a whole, some are trying to focus specifically on these mass shootings or these active shooter situations. So to the question about legally purchased guns, legally purchased guns are used all the time for violence. But we do know that individuals who have committed violent acts that are these active shooters or mass shootings, school shootings or public place shootings, for the most part, I shouldn't say for the most part, because there's actually a number for it. Um, different research shows maybe 80% of them are legally purchased guns, maybe higher, maybe lower, depending on the research pool, right, that they're mm-hmm. looking at. So so very rarely is it somebody purchasing a weapon 
you know, off the street. You know, President Kennedy was assassinated with a legally purchased gun. You know, the the guy who purchased it opened up the back of American Rifleman, which is the NRA magazine, saw an advertisement for a gun, sent a money order to the place. They shipped it to a pawn shop. He picked it up in the pawn shop and, and killed the president. I mean, you think about that, 1963, or oh, how far we've come. Uh, right. Do you well, in your heart believe, Catherine Schweit, that if guns were not able to be purchased in the way that they currently are with no holds barred in a lot of states, that there would be less mass shootings? Well, Big here question. we are trying to pin me down. Yeah, I see you leaning in. <laughs> I see you leaning into the microphone. But, the you know, it would be naive for somebody to say that guns aren't a part of the problem here. All the research shows that we do have more guns and we do have more violence because of it, including this kind of violence. 30-some percent of the violent gun deaths in the world and 5% of the population. And the, the question isn't, are guns the problem, even though I think there are some small number of people who want to claim or say or firmly believe that guns have nothing to do with it. But it comes down to who has access, when they have access, why they have access, all the purchasing questions and all the other things that go along with it. So, yeah, I mean, they have to be realistic, right? The next part of that question was, how can a teenager afford to buy a gun? I guess the other part of that question that they haven't written down then is how is a teenager who is probably not old enough legally to buy a gun, one, right. getting the money to purchase a gun and two, yeah. getting access to buy the gun? What is the mechanism mm-hmm. there? Right. I know plenty of shootings where a teenager or a middle school student or a high school student used a gun that they accessed that was their parents or their grandparents. They stole it. You know, it was a legally purchased gun, but they stole it from their neighbors. They borrowed it from their dads. They took it from their grandpa's house things like that. So, you know, there aren't as many 15-year-olds out shopping around for a high-powered rifle so they can use it in a school shooting. But what we do see is, you know, 18 to 21-year-olds who are legally purchasing those weapons because they can under the law mm-hmm. and, and then going out and committing a violent act with them. But the purchases by minors are obviously not legal, but then what they're doing is like we saw it in some other instances, they're accessing a legally purchased gun that's available in their home or in in somebody else's home, but borrowing it or stealing it. You know, you talk about knowing how to use it. I hate to say this, but guns are not that complicated. You know, pull the trigger. It's easy to learn how to shoot a gun. It's a lot harder to learn how to be responsible with a gun. We've actually covered cases, haven't we, where people have purchased those guns. For those teenagers, you look at the Oxford school shooting and the gun was given to a minor as a Christmas present because that was the dynamic in the house at that time. And am I right in saying, is it Columbine that I'm thinking of that actually an older friend or peer actually legally purchased the guns for correct that shooting? Right, correct. Purchase the gun on purpose, you know, for that shooter. Mm. Yeah, You know, whether I can't recall at this moment, you know, whether that individual knew this particular action was going to occur, but did purchase the gun and and not the first time, not a mass shooting, but a street shooting that, you know, created quite a hubbub. We had a kid that lived actually in the apartment building behind me in Illinois, because apparently shooters just live around me. (laughs) And so the kid who, in a quite celebrated case, because we saw the video of it, so that made it news in a protest in Wisconsin, Illinois was on the street during this 
protest and shot and killed people during the protest. And that kid was a minor at the time, but the gun that he used was legally purchased by a friend in the state of Wisconsin. And he had told the friend, well, here's the money, buy this gun for me. And then when I turn 18 and, you know, an X number of months, then I'm going to come and take it from you. And so the friend bought the gun for him. And then in this instance, he ended up in a row with some people and ended up killing people. So, you know, legally purchased, that's not a bar to death. I mean, guns kill people. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins, convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done. And that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.